Hey there, sister. Welcome to Girl Out of Order, a podcast for women like me taking actual steps to more fully embrace their unique selves and stop trying to fit into someone else's mold. I'm your girl, Christine, and I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur, lawyer, and mama to my very own girl gang. I am fired up to help women transform what seems broken into the fuel they need to become the champions of their own damn lives. On Girl Out of Order, you'll find a community without comparison, a place where you can come as you are, but leave changed and inspired to never again deny a single part of your beautiful self in a quest to fit in. So if you're tired of feeling like you're too much and yet never enough, Girl Out of Order is your home. When you start believing that not fitting in is the perfect fit, contentment, vision, and joy will surely follow. So girls, if you're ready to do the brave work, come on in and let's get started. Okay, welcome back to Girl Out of Order. Oh my goodness, you are going to be so freaking glad that you joined me for this episode in the My V Does Not Define Me series. Oh boy, this is part two of Not Freaking Sorry. And like I promised, you get to meet my amazing firstborn daughter, Chloe Elizabeth Gale. And let me tell you, this 21-year-old Spitfire is going to lay it down. She provides such a great roadmap for her own journey and battle against the sorry syndrome. And then she truly provides some, what I believe to be life-changing principles that you can carry into your own life so that you can guarantee you have the best chance to be the strongest, wisest, most confident woman that you can possibly be. Before we dive into the interview though, I have to share our empowereds for the week and oh, this one has got me in the heart. I don't know about you guys, but I have some serious fangirl issues with the singer Pink. That woman is such a beautiful example of a million different aspects of being a woman. But I watch her and her relationship with her daughter and it takes my breath away. As a mama to four young women, I really do find some amazing examples in her and the way that she parents her daughter into um, just a radical self-acceptance and lack of apology for who she is. So our power were empowered for the week. It goes like this. She says, I wish that girls embrace their power and their worth and their value in their youth. And I wish for women to stop apologizing for those very things that make us women. Boom. She laid it down and I hope you're picking up what good old pink is laying down. So with that, let's dive in. I can't wait for you to meet my oldest baby girl, Chloe Elizabeth Gale. Okay, as promised, I get to introduce my firstborn, the oldest member of my girl gang to the world, and I am so giddy, and as I was telling Chloe before we started, I am so nervous, and I'm not sure why. I think that it's probably because she just means the world to me, 
and I want the world to see her as I do. And when you're new at this, as this is my first interview, I think the uh, the stories began rolling in my head and telling me that I maybe wasn't going to do this right. And guess what? I'm probably going to make some mistakes. So at Girl Out of Order, we show up as we are. So world, Chloe Elizabeth Gale. Hey, Chloe. Hi, Mama. I am so excited. I've been promising you for months, probably, that you were going to do this interview, right? <laughs> yes, it's been a long time coming. <laughs> yes, and I'm uh, definitely working on the old consistency um, issue with my podcast, but I'm really making some great progress, and this has been the thing I've been looking the most forward to. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited. Yeah. So you had an opportunity to listen to uh, the first part of this issue or this uh, episode, Not Freaking Sorry, right? Yes. Yes, I did. Yeah. And did you like it? I loved it. It was a really great start. Awesome. So tell the world who you are to me. Um, Talk about our family, whatever you want to share. Well, yeah, my name is Chloe. Um, I am the oldest, uh, proud to be it, (laughs) of of four, um, four girls. It's been a lot of fun growing up. Um, Yeah, we got Chelsea and Delaney and Sophie as well. Uh, Chelsea's here with me at school, and that's always, you know, it's a blast. We love spending our time together, and it's really cool that the two of us can be here because, you know, we get to see you guys next weekend for some soccer of hers. Woohoo! Yeah, (laughs) I am currently a junior. Uh, studying biology and French, and currently looking to go to grad school to be a PA, which is a physician's assistant. Um, Looking forward to that gap year after my senior year, though. That's going to be incredible. (laughs) A long time coming, I think, just to get a nice little break from school. Um, I currently work as a server at a local restaurant in um, La Crosse, and I am going to get my CNA in June, my certified nursing assistant uh, certificate, so that I can um, start getting some hours towards uh, PA school. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Awesome. And you live in a super fun house, right? I do. Yeah. I've got four other girls living with me, and it is a blast. We uh, we absolutely love spending time with each other, and it's great. It's a really good community. Everybody is very lives a very active and healthy lifestyle so i'm surrounded by really great people um we have awesome conversations and we just laugh a lot so it's it's a great place to be and i wouldn't have it any other way you know it's been a long time coming getting to a a good and healthy uh house to live in on my own you know i've had quite the journey so i'm happy with where i'm at and with these people yeah and, and you said something very important, and it might be a little out of order, which I guess is kind of how I roll, but you said something important that made me um, want to ask a little bit more. You said you're surrounded with people who live a very healthy and active lifestyle. So you've made choices in your own girl gang that have been positive versus some other ones in the past that maybe haven't led you to such a healthy place. Is that accurate? Oh, 100%. I mean... You are who you surround yourself with in many ways. And, you know, like we, we are our own people. It's not to say that we aren't, you know, our own people. But um, I think those that you surround yourself with heavily influence you. And so when you're surrounded by people that um, have more of a negative outlook on, on life or just don't have a similar um, outlook on life as you do, like it, it's hard to maintain your own. You know, like when I'm surrounded by people that... Um, don't make 
good decisions or things that I view as good decisions, you know, they, they, they bring me down. Um, and I know that I can be influenced by that. So knowing myself, I make sure to surround myself with people that are going to make me better. I think that's, that's just part of growing and, you know, learning that it's so important who you keep around you. Yeah. That is so awesome. And I know as, uh, as your mama, it has been amazing to watch you grow in this area. And that's actually a perfect segue to the next question. Um, so I, I think I talked a little bit with you about this, but what are three adjectives that you would choose if you were just like put on the spot to describe Chloe Gale? Oh, I'd probably say joyful, fun-loving, and uh, passionate. I love that. I like that. I love that. And as your mama, I would probably add um, strong and resilient to that. Thank you. I did limit you to three. And I I love the fact that you talked about joyful, fun, loving, and passionate. Because I believe from my observations that with the issue we're tackling, the Asari syndrome, um, your tendency towards positivity, I think, has given you a little extra fuel to fight that tendency to sort of shrink back and apologize. Would you agree? Oh, yes, 100%. That definitely helped me. Yeah. Okay, so you live in a house with a lot of girls, and you have a lot of girls in our family, and you've been part of a lot of teams filled with girls and women. So all that to say, you've had a lot of experience in observing women and, and girls in different situations. So how, in your experience, have you observed women apologizing more than, I know this is just your opinion, more than, in your opinion, they should be apologizing? Uh, yeah, 100%. I think, I think it's so common for a woman to apologize um, just for, <laughs> quite plainly, for existing. Um, it's It's so interesting, you know, thinking about it and thinking about... Um, even myself and how still to this day, like there's things that I find myself apologizing for. And then I walk away from the situation and I'm just hitting myself in the head. And I'm like, why did I apologize for that? Like there was no reason to, you know, it's, it's a bad habit. I think that we, that we get while growing up. Um, and it's, it sucks because it really devalues what we're, what we're saying and what we're trying to um, express a lot of the time. So yeah, I, I see, I see that a lot in women just shrinking ourselves down and, um, you know, not wanting to take up space and apologizing for, for things like that. So yes, 100%. I, I love what you said because you said, I believe it's a bad habit. To me, that that spells hope. If it's a habit, then there's hope that we can break it, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it's it's a habit and it's something that we, that we are, you know, trained to do. We're not born saying sorry, right? But we we're born into a society that tells us we we shouldn't you know be big and and express everything that that we want you know um we're told to kind of be be small and quiet and when we're not you know or when we get shut down we find ourselves apologizing for that and I don't think that's fair that's funny that you'd say that you know the world tells us to shrink down and and yet God gave you uh me as a mama (laughs) you're telling me (laughs) Oh, well, I don't know if I want to go there, <laughs> but hey, I, I don't, love. would you say that I modeled for you shrinking back or not? And it's okay. Just, I want you to be really honest. Like what kind of things in this area do you think I've modeled for you? 
I mean, you are not the type of person to ever shrink back from a situation. And that's definitely inspired me. You know, when I, you had discussed in your previous podcast, that phase that I had where I was saying sorry all the time. And that was, had nothing to do with you and everything to do with, you know, me developing in, in the world and kind of figuring out like, you know, my place and, um, if it's okay to, to be the way that I am and to be, you know, to be like you, honestly, um, because you don't, you don't back down, you know, and, uh, we all find our, ourselves saying, saying sorry every once in a while, but I, I don't think that's something that, that you've really modeled for me, you know, cause you're the one that helped me to get out of that. So well, that, that's a perfect segue. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. I've been trying to remember the specific time in your life when you went through that period where you apologized essentially for breathing. Yeah. Can yeah. you remember it when it was? I feel like it was probably around like the middle school time. Okay. Maybe yeah, early, early middle school, right? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. I don't, I don't think it, it wasn't in high school. Cause by the time I got to high school, I was, I was not, I, I can remember not being in that habit. When I got in high school, I was more of a leader at that point. Do you recall some specific situations in which you would apologize, things that I would point out or dad would point out for you? When I think back on it, I honestly, I picture myself in this this one situation just where I was going up the stairs and I, I you know, you guys were talking to me about saying sorry for everything and I kept apologizing for apologizing and it was just this vicious cycle you know where I just can't can't stop myself um from from saying sorry and I think that one sticks so much because I I I was apologizing for apologizing like what the heck yeah (laughs) couldn't and I couldn't stop it and that's that was how you really knew that it was such a bad habit and it was really hard to break and I think it was really uncomfortable to break just because not apologizing when you feel like you have to apologize for everything it feels so wrong and you're, you feel like oh my goodness am I it was that the right thing to do should I have said sorry am I like a bad person now are they gonna hate me because <laughs> you, you worry mostly like I think most of it had to do with people pleasing mm. and yeah that was like the biggest part and yeah. so I, I think figuring out like figuring out that that's where it stemmed from was the biggest step definitely like what would have helped me the most um to break that habit but also like what made it the most challenging part of breaking it yeah I appreciate you saying that and and that that actually gets me thinking a little bit more because when I did the podcast on you know not freaking sorry and talking about that study it wasn't that women necessarily apologized more but it was the the amount of situations in which women felt like they needed to apologize did that surprise you yeah most definitely i i don't know why we feel such like such an incessant need to apologize but but for me you know speaking for myself it's it was it had so much to do with just wanting to make sure that everybody around me was satisfied and was happy and was pleased and um that really doesn't make you yourself a happy person you know mm. when you focus so much on trying to please everybody else um that i i personally don't think there's much of a way for you to be happy if if that's your goal is to just only make other people happy it's a hard balance it, it is a hard balance and and i appreciate you saying that because one of the things i love about having our girl gang 
and I love about working with women is how interconnected women um, women truly can be. I think by nature, women, and I'm going to use a generalization, don't anybody yell at me, but I think women by nature crave more of that connection, that emotional connection than men. It doesn't mean that there aren't exceptions, but I think you're right when we feel that potentially there could be a breach, even if it's not rational, we our full first instincts are to try to cross that divide or heal what we perceive as a breach. Do you think that sounds accurate? To heal what we perceive as a breach? Like if, if we feel like there's a disconnect, let's, let me say it a different oh, way. Yeah. We feel like yes. there's a disconnect in the relationship for whatever reason, like, you know, you had to get you had to scoop by somebody at the movie theater, why we would think that would be something we need to say sorry for, I don't really know, but it's common. But when I think women feel like if there's a disconnect, we actually crave closing the gap. Does that make, is that a better understanding? Yeah. Yeah. I think I understand what you're saying. And I think when, when I, when I picture the situation that you're talking about, I find myself apologizing to simply avoid conflict because that like that connection with um with women and like with my the women in my life is so important that I want to just kind of avoid a confrontation or avoid conflict entirely and saying sorry can kind of just eradicate that entirely even though it doesn't promote growth necessarily because like that um that confrontation definitely creates like deeper conversations where you can kind of understand where both sides of the situation are coming from. Um, I think saying sorry just kind of makes it like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. We're good. And then we just move on. And yeah. Does that make sense? What you said was so important. And that's why I'm sort of like, you probably can tell as you're looking at me, we're we're on Zoom and I'm like literally jumping out of my skin because Chloe just said something to me that is, I think, hits on some uh, hits on one of the biggest reasons why women are so prone to apologize. And I'm so glad you said that because for me, being a not conflict avoider, um, <laughs> I, I guess it, yeah. I, I should have thought of this, but you're right. I think that probably is a big part of why women apologize. And let me just quickly say why I'm sort of having this aha moment. So in our family, we've done the Enneagram as a family. Everybody's taken their individual tests and I am an Enneagram fanatic. My girls know this. And uh, I happen to be an Enneagram 8, which is the challenger. It's uncommon for women to be Enneagram 8s. It's very hard to be a female Enneagram 8. But what we tend to do is we tend to run towards conflict instead of away. And so Chloe is a 2 and a little bit of an eight, but she's a two, which is the helper. And the helper is the people pleaser, the one that wants to make everybody's fine. Everybody's good, right? Everybody's good. Would you say that's fair, Chloe? Um, oh, yeah, it's 100%. And my my habits as a people pleaser have, have developed and evolved so that I, you know, I'm still taking care of myself before, you know, putting other people first as well. But yeah, I am, I am 100% a helper. And you know, I, I'll I'll drop anything for for my best friend or for my sisters, and yeah, it's yes. <laughs> I can attest to that. And and the 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 helpers of the world are, uh, in my opinion, the heartbeat of the world. And I and I love that about you. And I've just seen you grow so much in your confidence. And it's I want to make something clear before I move on to the next point because I think this is really I want to make sure there's no misunderstandings in our family. 
we apologize and we ask for forgiveness and forgiveness is freely granted, correct? Yes. Like, so this isn't about whether or not you actually come into defense to somebody that you need to apologize for and it's not saying you shouldn't ask for forgiveness when you screw up, right? Yes. This is more like filling in a gap with I'm sorry when it's not appropriate and it's not loving to yourself, right? Right, yeah. right. So avoiding conflict, big problem, Pro big reason why women probably like, you know, if I just say I'm sorry, then we don't have to have that uncomfortable conversation. Uh-huh. Is that right? 100%. Yes, yes. And then you said people-pleasing, which is a little bit of, it's like the cousin of conflict avoidance. Um, because <laughs> yeah. people-pleasing, I don't know, tell me if you think this is right and you can tell me if you if you see something a little bit different. Conflict avoidance to me is like this big umbrella of like, you don't want to upset the cashier, you don't want to upset your teacher, you don't want to upset the bus driver. Whereas people-pleasing is more like somebody who's in your life, more relational, really important that there's no breach. Do you think that those are separate or are they pretty interrelated? I think, I think maybe a little bit of both, but when it comes to people pleasing, what matters to me the most and what like sticks with me the most is if I have upset a friend or like a sibling or, you know, my parents, um, if, if I, have caused a problem and that's going to sit with me until it's solved. And so that's where I find the people pleasing matters the most in, in my life. Um, if I, let's say I upset a cashier or something, that's really not going to stick with me because I don't, if, if I'm, if I'm being blunt, I don't care really what they think of me. If I don't know them, their opinion doesn't really matter to me. And that's just part of like, that just, that's just part of me. You know, I'm, I just, I don't, I don't really care what those kind, you know, those people think of me because they aren't, they aren't a part of my life, you know, but um, obviously I'm still going to be kind. That's not to say I'm not going to be kind and treat people with respect, but um, just to make sure that came off correctly. But um, the people whose, whose opinions I value the most, like those are the people I find myself most nervous about. Um, if I, if I, you know, hurt them or make them upset, I want to make sure that I solve that as quickly as possible. I appreciate you that and I, I love you and I are so similar, but I love the fact that we have these nuanced differences in the way we approach things. And I think we sharpen each other, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I, I love you you you've, as you grow and mature. And so it's such a proud mama. But as you grow and mature into this amazing woman, I feel myself starting to really learn from you, which is, is so good for me. And, and I just I appreciate your insights. And I want to ask you a hard question. About people-pleasing, because I want you to give the listeners an example. So if you have a situation, and it doesn't have to necessarily be in your life. It can be in the life of somebody you've observed. No names, please. Um, but when you see somebody uh, apologize, I think you have at least two people that I can think of in your life who might be apologizers, but I think you have probably about 50. I mean, you've had women in your life, you probably have a lot. But when, they, when you see somebody that you love, somebody you're close to, over apologizing is that something that you feel drawn to talk to them about to encourage them and if so how would you do that yeah I am definitely someone who will say something about it um a friend of mine apologizes pretty con on like a pretty consistent basis for for just speaking for just breathing and I you know I I 
remind them anytime I find them saying that. I'm just like, please don't apologize. I want to hear what you have to say. It's okay to take up space, you know, because when when I when my friend does apologize, they tend to shrink into themselves and um, like like physically and and look away and and it just takes away from everything that was just said. And I try to remind them like, hey, what you said is important and it's going to further our conversation. Please don't apologize for for speaking and for adding to the conversation because that's what we're doing here. We're conversing and you do not have to apologize for simply speaking to me. I want that, you know? So I, I try to encourage that when it's just the two of us because I don't, I want to, create that kind of boundary between the two of us so that it's clear when they're talking to other people that they're that they remember like oh I don't need to apologize for taking up space like I can speak and that's fine and I'm allowed to have an opinion and express that without feeling sorry I love what you said you've been using some phrases I'm writing as fast as my little hands can take me um I love the I love the phrase take up space and you know that I'm Mama Gail, so you know I love your friends, and I, I study your friends because you have surrounded yourself with some of the most incredible young women I've ever known, and it has been my honor to be Mama Gail. Honestly, it really has, and I, I see you encouraging them to take up space because you and I are big personalities. We come in, and it's like the party's arrived, the lights get brighter, the strobe lights start going, we start talking, because we are just, I think I'm very much like you. I'm very joyful, I'm passionate, I just, I love interacting, and I think you and I, in our personalities, can take over, not intentionally, but I love how you encourage your friend to take up space. So it's like, you're not shrinking back in that you're not making yourself smaller, but you're respectfully making space for your friend to to exist whereas maybe she's not confident enough to take that space does that seem accurate yeah it 100 percent has to do with with confidence and feeling like feeling like you're too much you know and i know you talk about that in your podcast a lot but feeling like you're you're too much and that you take up too much space is has a lot to do with with confidence and um i'm somebody who I, I'm just naturally a confident person and I didn't always, I wasn't always like that. Um, but I think as soon as I stepped into high school, I really started to grow into that confidence. And a lot of that had to do with the success I had academically and athletically. But um, truly, I just, at home, I had a lot of support and I was never told to make myself small. I always had had the room to be myself and um like you know the way I am at dinner I'm I'm silly and goofy and you guys just completely <laughs> expect that you know just let me be who I am and that's like the purest form of 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 me and um everybody just laughed along with me so I I think that just just for an example but I was never never shut down at, at home and that obviously helped a lot um so I find that yeah it has a lot to do with confidence and um those two tie together, you know, apologizing and, and a lack of confidence. And I, you know, I, I really appreciate you saying that and, and just sort of flushing that out and how that plays out into your life, because obviously you're, you have three sisters, all four of you are, are literally North, South, East, and West. You couldn't all be any <laughs> yes. more different um, than you are. 
and you have a natural confidence. I have a natural confidence, but I didn't when I was younger. I was extremely insecure. I, I really was quite sheepish about who I was as a person. And I know that your sisters all have their all unique their own unique struggles. So I, I love that you are um, such a strong example of that. And I, I just want to highlight something you said, because I think it's important as we teach other women and model to other women, hopefully be an inspiration to them that when we see something in a woman that we know isn't healthy for them, somebody that we love, we give them the room to make, to take up space. And we encourage them as opposed to sometimes it can be easy for us to shut them down. Be like, why do you keep doing that? Like, that's not what I did to you when you were a kid. Right. And be like, stop apologizing. Like that doesn't work. It's about giving you the reason to break the habit. Right. Yeah. 100%. I agree with that. And I think when you were trying to help me break that habit, when I was younger, it wasn't about, discouraging me from saying sorry was but encouraging me to say something else you know to, to use different language and vocabulary so that I don't apologize for for moving or for for speaking I I can say excuse me or you know I think you mentioned in your other episode in your previous episode about um saying I'm not sure I understood would you mind explaining that to me again you know and not saying, oh, I'm sorry, I don't understand, you know, just, just changing that, like, that minor, that minor change in the language is so crucial, because it, it, it keeps you from, from, you know, shrinking yourself down, Mm -hmm. Um, and it keeps the conversation flowing and natural and healthy, I I think. I, I think you're right, and you, you also said something that is still to this day something I struggle is when there's a moment where it would be instinctually easy to say I'm sorry even just letting space exist can be very stressful very anxiety producing Um, personalities like me I know some of your sisters struggle so we fill space and I think sometimes I'm sorry can be a space filler but like you said it shrinks us down when our very existence or the things that we have to say it freaking matters and we can't we shouldn't be the ones that take away from our own power right right yes and that silence is is so crucial because we we want to fill it so badly and sometimes you just need to let the silence exist for a moment because it's not gonna you know the the entire conversation isn't isn't gonna crash and fall apart if if you don't fill that silence mm-hmm. um but we most definitely don't want to fill it with apologizing right so if it's uncomfortable you have to let it be uncomfortable and i'm saying that as somebody who who personally despises be feeling uncomfortable and i'm working on getting comfortable with being uncomfortable um and part of that is just learning not to apologize for every little thing um, because it would make the situation kind of go away and stop that uncomfortable feeling. But sometimes we need that to exist so that there can be growth. Absolutely. Um, One last topic before we start to wrap this up and a topic I'm sure you'll be excited to talk about. You have (laughs) a special someone in your life now, right? Yes, I do. Tell me about this person. Tell me about this person. Uh, uh, he's awesome. He's he's 25. He's working in um, billboard sales and marketing. Does he have a name? Something I could. 
never myself do. Yes. Do you want me to say his name? Yeah, you can say his name. His name is Andy. Um, he's awesome. He's been a, he's been a rock in my life these last couple of months. Um, I'm still in college right now and he just finished grad school in December. So, um, he's out doing his big adult thing and I'm still working on, on all of the little things as well, but, um, it's been a blast. It's been super fun and it's been a huge learning experience. Um, but I, I, I really enjoy our time together. He, he is, he is awesome. He is truly incredible. I, I don't know how I got so lucky, but I wouldn't settle for anything less. So he's really great. That's true. And I would venture to say he's pretty dang lucky too. Oh yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Who knows that though? <laughs> I know. And so I bring up Andy because I think it's a little bit more, uh, a little bit different um, ground to cover as far as, you know, how you two interact and whether or not you've observed any differences in how the two of you handle situations with in regards to saying, I'm sorry. And if you haven't, that's okay. But I just didn't know if, mm. if in your relationship, if you've come across any sort of moments where you notice him not saying sorry in a place that you would, or is this, are these any kind of conversations that you've had in it? I don't know if that's even a, an issue at all, but if it is, could you tell us about that? Yeah, that's a really great thing to bring up. Um, for one, I think with the job that he has being in marketing and sales, he's talked to me about this and about his, his own development and um, understanding and processing rejection because working in marketing and sales, you have to understand that people are going to reject the the things that you offer them. And it's not a rejection of you. It's just, they, you know, they're just rejecting the offer and that's okay. You know, accepting that is, is a, is a whole part of the process. Um, he most definitely isn't one for, apologizing when it's unnecessary he is a very confident person and he yeah he he will not apologize when it's not warranted um there's times where where let's say we we have a disagreement um we have a conversation about it and if one of us ends up being in the wrong like we will apologize for it but i think we're both the we've both got that um that confidence and also a little bit of that stubbornness so um that's you know that's why we have to have those conversations about it and um when it comes down to it if one of us like i said does need to apologize we will um he yeah he 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 most definitely is um beyond people pleasing and he knows he knows who he is and he surrounds himself also like like i do with with really good quality people and it, you know, it inspires me to, um, to do so in the next, you know, four to five years of my life. Um, cause he's just a little bit ahead of me right now. So it's, it's cool seeing that and seeing what he's like at that age compared to, you know, where I'm at and where my friends are at. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. I think, I think we have, we have really great, um, conversations and things that keep us from, you know, profusely apologizing to one another because that's not that's not healthy for a relationship. And it's not totally um, attractive either. It's not attractive to be around no. somebody's like, sorry, 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 sorry. That's just not something that you're like, who, who doesn't want a partner like that, right? No, seriously. And, and he's he's not going to apologize when it's unnecessary. That's just like a ground rule. You know, it's um, like when he says something, he he's saying it with intention. And if if he does hurt me. 
I let him know so that he can be aware of that and we can make sure it doesn't happen again. And um, there's been a lot of growth in our relationship in the last five months. So, and you know, it's crazy that it's been just about five months, but um, it's been, it's developed into something really awesome. And, and I think it's helped me to continue not to apologize, you know, because his confidence rubs off on me and um, learning from him and what it's like to be in sales and marketing it just it it inspires me to to not take things so personal all the time too because mm-hmm. that's that's definitely a part of it well it sounds it sounds like the work that you've done in your earlier lives your earlier lives mm-hmm. you've had more than one in your earlier life um has really laid the groundwork for not avoiding conflict and has led to a healthier you know relationship because you've developed those habits and patterns early so that when apologies necessary it gets done but when a conflict happens, you don't avoid it. It sounds like a really well-balanced approach. Yeah, it is. It definitely is healthy. And I think that's one of the reasons that it's going to be such a, a long-lasting and sustainable relationship is because we've both done the work ahead of time to get to where we are now. And we've talked about our, you know, the way that we've, we were in the past, um, in past relationships or just in, you know, the way that he was in college compared to the way that I am in college or even in high school compared to the way that I was in high school and just like learning about how we've changed and grown from, from who we were into who we are. Um, it's, it's super cool. And it just provides me with an extra level of confidence in myself and in our relationship. So that's awesome. All right. So mm-hmm. one final question here you are. You love to be the firstborn. Yeah, yeah. you do. Uh, so what advice, Chloe, you're 21, um, finishing up your junior year in college. What advice would you give to your, not just not just the younger girls coming up, but even your peers? What advice would you give them about the power of the language that you use specifically in regards to apologizing? Okay, so I think... I think the piece of advice I would give is to um, is to make sure that you know who is in your circle and that you have high value for who you let into your circle. And what I mean by that is you don't want to just let anybody let anybody in, let anybody you know get so close to you because those people will influence you. And they will influence your growth and development, especially, you know, I'm 21, but for the people that are younger than me, like all of the years leading up to now, you just need to know who's in your inner circle. Yeah. And, and choose wisely. That's, that's really it. It's like, that's what it comes down to, because if you are surrounded by people that aren't going to be pushing you in, in the right direction or helping you with your confidence, if they're tearing you down, there's nothing positive that's going to come out of that. And it's not worth it. It truly isn't because there you will come away from your high school and college years it's it's so fun to make a ton of friends but you will come away with with a couple very strong friendships and they are worth so much more than having a million little friends because i have some really strong and deep connections with people that i know aren't going to fade no matter the distance and that is such a cool thing to say and to feel um that human connection is so important and I know how fun it is to do with with so many people, but just having those couple friends that you that you value and who value you and who are going to take care of you and help you to be a better person, I, I really can't think of 
of a better kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I'm, you know, I'm working on with my, with myself and, and that I've, that I've worked on for the last couple of years. So that I'm finally in a place where I can say that I'm happy with, with the people that I have around me. They make me better. They make me confident. They support me. They love me. And I truly, I truly couldn't ask for more. Like I am so blessed and I just want other people to be able to feel this way too. And I would say just as, um, you know, the one who's observed you the most and studied you because you're my girl, that you did the hard inner work early on that led you to know who you are, which is what I love that you said about Andy. You you figured out who you were and you decided that, that you were worth fighting for and you were worth valuing so that you learned that it was okay to take up space. And so giving that to others will then you know, giving them that advice will then lead them to hopefully make those wise choices. But you're right. Surrounding yourself with positive people going in a positive direction leads to unbelievable results, right? Yes. Yes. 100%. People who have goals and who support your goals and, and challenge you and people that let you do the same to them. You know, it's, it's so important because you want people around you that you can grow with, you know, you want to grow together and it's it's just a really cool thing finding those kind of friendships and i i wish for that for everybody well i think you are a rock star as you know i am so proud to be your mama i get it all from you oh i'll take all the credit (laughs) just kidding i love you baby i love you mama wasn't that just complete freaking fire oh I know she's my daughter, and of course, I just think the world of her, but I truly can't wait for the world to think of her because Chloe Elizabeth Gale is going to make her damn mark. And ladies, you can too. So let's remember that you can change your language and change your life. It starts with the language in your head believing that you are worthy, believing that you are valuable, and stop sorry syndrome from taking over how you interact with yourself and with the world around you. Remember, there are always little eyes watching. Let's set an amazing example of living fully into who we are, taking up the space we deserve, and having the extraordinary life that waits. If this message has resonated with you or if you want to share it with somebody, I would be so grateful if you would take a picture of this podcast and share it every freaking place that you can. It is so important for the success of this podcast that you share it, but also that you download it so we can get our message out to the women who need and deserve to hear it. So if this message resonates with you, shout it from the rooftops. I'm so grateful you joined me. Keep being a girl out of order because we truly are in this together. Absolutely and positively forever. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.